stay home like you have the last four days. I was just talking to someone in the crowd and they were saying, I was like, hey, you made it awesome. They were like, I've been home with the kids since Thursday. There was no way I'm not coming. I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> there was no way I'm not coming to church today. So, uh, who's been stuck at home a bit this week? Give me a wave. Yeah? But you came out for church, so God bless you. Come on, right? Man, if there's anything worth leaving home for, it's to get to church. Um, but again, totally respect that for some people it's not safe to get here. Uh, like if you live across the road in Clive, we'll probably judge you a little bit. For, you know, you're like, I didn't come, I couldn't, it wasn't safe. I'll be like, you know, Leah drove an hour, you know, at 6 a.m. So, you know, um, <laughs> you're crazy, but good job. Um, I think our worship pastor got stuck in a ditch this morning, not in a ditch, sorry, in a snow drift. You were very clear it was not a ditch, it was a snow drift, and she got here and stuff. So, uh, so those who live in Clive, you know, um, come to the 1030. Uh, everyone else, uh, join us online. If it's not safe, just join us online, but don't miss this. And if you are online, share this. Our whole church needs to hear this message uh, before we get on to our 21 days of prayer and fasting tomorrow. So, so welcome to church. Welcome to our 8.30 service. Uh, I'm glad that you're here. If you're new, um, uh, well done for being new today. Um, that's amazing. Um, like that would be pretty cool, right? You're like, I, I, I need to go to church for the first time ever and you choose today. I'm like, that person's going to be in church every day for the rest of their life. They're going to have an encounter with God today. Come on now, right? Um, but anyway, we've got a free gift for you if you are new. Um, don't forget, we've also got church tonight as well. So I want to encourage you to share about this, uh, the importance of this message. You may think that I'm a crappy preacher and that's fine, but the message itself is important. And uh, so share with everybody how they need to come to church tonight and hear the message before we embark on our 21 days of prayer and fasting, okay? So um, that's tonight at 5 p.m. Uh, I think right now our campuses are going to join us. So welcome to all of our campuses. Glad that you're here. Um, couple more things it's caucuses tomorrow isn't that cool yeah and on Tuesday no one cares about Iowa anymore and a uh, little part of me is like good y'all can get out of here all right this is our state you know I'm, I'm, I'm like people like xenophobia I'm xenophobic for anyone who doesn't live in Iowa all right don't ruin this place okay <laughs> Where are you from, Chicago? Stay there, okay? And so, uh, unless you're going to move here and come to Eternity Church. But I'm super excited this year for uh, uh, the caucuses. I think we've got people in our church. I love, the, the, I love that in our church. that um, We've got people that are at, going to caucuses, speaking for Trump. Some speaking for Vivek. Some are speaking uh, for Ron DeSantis. Um, but we're all here wanting to, uh, to take our country back to a place of godliness and righteousness. Amen. And so I'm excited about that. I want to encourage you to get out and go caucus tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Whether you're in Iowa, I mean, sorry, whether you're in, you know, Des Moines or Owain, Audubon, anywhere else, I want to encourage you to get out and caucus tomorrow. Um, tomorrow is the first time. See, I just became a citizen last year. So it's the first time I've been allowed to vote for Republicans. And, um, um, You know, you know, it's a good joke. And if you didn't get it, it's not because I wasn't funny. It's because you're a little dull. And so, 
but <laughs> uh, so I'm excited about that. So <laughs> that's tomorrow. But anyway, um, one more quick thing before I get into the sermon, though. Um, next month we're actually going to do our Live Long and Prosper sermon series. And uh, yes, I'm a Star Trek fan, so I did name the sermon series Live Long and Prosper. Can anyone else do this, right? Because I thought, you know what? It kind of accurately sums up what I'm going to preach about. If you want to, uh, if you've ever heard anyone say that I'm a prosperity preacher, this is the week for that. This is the month for that, all right? Uh, they may believe, I may believe it next month, and so we're doing our Live Long and Prosper. Um, look, we're not hyper-prosperity gospel at Eternity Church, but we do believe that God wants to bless you, heal you, and provide for you, okay? And anyone who doesn't believe that has a jacked-up view of God, okay? He wants to bless you, uh, heal you, and provide for you. He's a good father. So we're going to spend some time talking about our body, our physical body, um, our finances, Finances, um, our mental health, our spiritual health, all of that geared together. Uh, it's going to be a really, really good one. We'll talk a bit more about that uh, next week. Uh, and then, But that's our February sermon series. So, all right, if you've got your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 9. Uh, while I spent so much time, I think I ran my car for about eight hours before I left this morning just to defrost it. It hadn't really moved for about three days. Um, and then in all the hoo-ha, I, I actually forgot my Bible. It's the first time I haven't read from a Bible in my sermon for years. Um, but anyway, but I do have scripture here, okay? So it's still Bible. It's just not wrapped in a pigskin like I like it. So, All right, are you ready? You ready? Awesome. So Matthew chapter 9. Uh, sorry, yeah, Matthew chapter 9. I'm going to read verses 14 to 17. It says, Then the disciples of John came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one puts a piece of untrunk cloth on an old garment for the patch tears itself away from the garment and the tear is made worse. Neither is new wine put in old wineskins. If it is, the skins burst, the wine is spilled and the skins are destroyed. But new wine is put into fresh wineskins and so both are preserved. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we live in a place where we can come to church even when it's colder than it is in Anchorage, Alaska. God, we are so blessed to be here today. Most of the roads are mostly plowed. We've got cars with heaters. We've got a heated auditorium to come and worship you in, Lord God. God, we are just so blessed and so thankful for the privilege it is to be able to be together in a room like this when it's minus 20 degrees outside. God, we're so blessed and we're just so thankful. I pray that you use this time to encourage us, uh, to uplift us, Lord God, to bless us. I pray that we would all leave this place equipped with a better understanding of another discipline of the faith that we can use in our arsenal against the enemy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, all right. High five your neighbor. You may take a seat. I heard eight high fives. Good job. All right. I don't know why I say that all the time. High five your neighbor. I don't know. Feels like an easy transition, you know. Or an awkward one. Now it's an awkward one because I'm talking about it. But anyway, you're a little quiet today, and that's fair, you know. 
I, I too am a little quiet. You know, I saw Jenna and Lauren jumping up and down the front row, and I was like, okay, I, I guess I can do that. Start jumping a little bit, you know, try to... My bones, they're just older now, you know? Know what I'm saying? They creak a little bit more than they used to, so... Just, sometimes I need some oil, you know, in there. Anyone know what I'm talking about, right? Like, wouldn't that be cool if, like, our knee joints just had, like, a little valve on the side and you just... You know, just squirt some oil in there? That'd be amazing, wouldn't it, Davidson? You know, it'd be unreal. So, anyway, don't worry, I will get to preaching. So... We're going to spend some time talking about the different ways that we see in Scripture that we can fast, all right? Um, You know, like we talk about why we should fast, um, and also I'm going to talk about why we're going to do 21 days of prayer and fasting together as a church, uh, and how we recommend you do that. Uh, But has anyone here ever tried to do like a long fast, you know, like, give me a hand up if you've tried, um, you know, to do a long fast. Okay, put your hand back up if you've tried and just completely failed to do a long fast. Give me a wave, right? Yeah, cool. Just as many people as the ones that put their hand up before, right? It's not easy. Does anyone have any of those super spiritual friends that, um, who talk about how they fast all the time and how amazing fasting is and how it's so great? You know, anyone know those people in their lives, you know, and you just want to punch them in the face? You know what I mean? Like, you know, know that. Like, uh, people talk, they're like, ah, oh, I fast all the time. And look, it's not a you problem. Don't worry. Like, if that's you, it's not a you problem. It's a me problem. Because I'm not into it like that. I'm not like, yeah, fasting's the bomb diggity and I love it, you know? Like, fasting sucks. No, for real. It sucks. It's not awesome, right? Like, well, it is in that it's spiritual and does great things in your life, but in the natural, it's not awesome. It's really hard. And, it's, and, and you get hungry. And I don't like being hungry. Like, imagine being like, I want to be hungry. It's like, that's the dumbest idea, you know? It's like saying, I want to be broke. It's not brilliant, and no one wants that. And I hate being hungry, okay? I like eating food. Do you like eating food? Anyone else? I love eating food. In fact, I like eating food so much that when the snowstorm kicked into gear on Friday, uh, Thursday, Friday, thought, you know, like, you know what I'm going to do? I know we just had snow, but let's just dump that much and more again a day later. When that happened, I just was like, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to spend the whole day cooking so I can eat food. That's what I did. My entire snow day was all about eating food. So I went to Hy-Vee. It was like, I don't know, 8 or 9 a.m. Um, saw some of our, some great people from church that actually work at Hy-Vee. Was super proud. I was like, you're awesome. I love that you went to work, you know. Um, I bought some flank steak, um, and, and that was awesome. I, 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 I bought some ingredients as well so I could marinate that flank steak and then I I kind of I forgot to buy Worcestershire sauce um I I don't I know I'm saying it not how you say it it's you know Worcestershire you know it's someone said to me yesterday like Worcestershire and I was like that's uh that's a government entity in Westchester okay the shire of Westchester you know um but I forgot the Worcestershire sauce, so I made some coffees for my next door neighbors, some lattes, took them over, exchanged it for some Worcestershire sauce, 
came back, made some marinade. It was delicious. I let that flank steak marinate for four hours, obviously 24 to all you sous chefs out there, I know. Um, but let it marinate for four hours. Then I put it in the sous vide uh, for two hours. And then after that, I put it in the smoker for three hours. And then I put it back in the sous vide for about an hour to let that smoky deliciousness get in there. And then I seared it at about 7 p.m. In the meantime, I was, well, Lauren cut up, but some, some mushrooms and onions and garlics. And then I, I, I seared all that. I cooked some sliced potatoes, scalloped potatoes. My whole entire day Friday was about food, all right? I love food, all right? The, the priorities in my life are God, Lauren, food, my kids, <laughs> then you people, you know what I mean? Like, like I really, really like food, <clears throat> and, uh, and I'm not overly in love with the idea of not eating some. Yeah. I'm not super into that. I know some of you are like, this is a weird admission when in about three weeks you're going to preach on healthy living. Yeah, I know. I love food. It's amazing. And so when people act like fasting is the funnest thing ever, oh my gosh, I just want to slap the living daylights out of them. I'm not that into it, okay? Um, but it is good for you. It's just not like... It's, the fun, it's not the funnest thing ever, you know? You know, it's not, okay? Let's be real. So if you're here and you're like, I'm not, I don't love fasting, welcome to everybody else who's a Christian too, right? There's like 1% of us that are like pro-fasters. One of those guys, Benny Perez, total legend, fasts all the time, three meals every week, absolute champion, absolute hero. He's 1%, okay? And in a church our size, that means there's probably 14 people that are like Benny Perez. The rest of us just struggle with it. When I was in Bible college, my cousin, John Newsham, um, he, was, um, he, was, he did a 40-day fast, okay? Like a 40-day fast, like legit water-only 40-day fast, okay? I was blown away. I'm like, man... He's the most spiritual dude on the entire planet right now. There is no, Yongi Cho got nothing on John Newsham, okay? Like, like he's the most amazing man on earth. And, and what's crazy is, like, he's my cousin, and he, he's, like, skinny, because, like, that's all of us, right? Um, we're just, like, we're all, our whole family so skinny, you've got to run around in the shower just to get hit by the beads of water, you know what I mean? Like, get me, you know, like you can't get it wet in the shower. And uh, he was that skinny. So I'm like, bro, you don't have like a lot of fat to lose. This is going to be an interesting thing. Man, what a man of God. And I was so inspired that I decided I'm going to do it too. Like, well, if that skinny guy and like, believe it or not, dude was skinnier than me, taller than me, but skinnier than me. And I'm like, if a dude that skinny can fast for 40 days, then I can do 21 days. I can do a 21-day fast. Um, and uh, even though my doctors had warned me that I should never do uh, a whole day fast because of my heart. See, I'd actually had um, heart surgery just a couple of years before this. And my doctors were like, you know what? Don't do fasts. It's not good for your heart. And I was like, God will sustain me. I have bread that you know not of, you know. And um, 
We'll get to why that's a bad idea later, okay? Uh, but John was about 14 days deep. I decided to start my fast, and I woke up at 5 a.m. because I worked at McDonald's, and um, I, always, I grew up on a milk and milk and cows on the dairy farm and so like I'm one of the few guys in the city that's like yeah I'm gonna be awake anyway so give me the early shift it's all good and so I woke up at 5 a.m. I got ready I was fired up I'm like today's the day that I become a man of God I have been a boy of God uh, all my life and today I'm going to become a man of God I was so excited about the sheer awesomeness and the Shekinah glory that was going to glow off myself uh, during these 21 days so I got dressed I, I, I prayed I started my drive to work at McDonald's and I'm feeling amazing and then I arrive at McDonald's and I'm like I'm a little hungry <laughs> you know Especially when I walk in those doors and I, McDonald's, you know, can smell that. But I knew what those hunger pains were. Those huge pains in my belly were my soul lifting weights. That's what that was. That was just spiritual workout pain. That's what that was. I could feel that. So I went to work. I got the fry vats ready. Uh, I got everything set up for the day. I got my red apron on. I got my Jesse Newman crew trainer badge up here. Um, and I, I, I'm starting to cook eggs. And I was a pro at cooking eggs. You got no idea, seriously. I could do three eggs in one hand, break all three, take the shells away, all right? Like, I, I was a pro at McDonald's eggs. That was the goal. Who could get to three in one hand, you know? And uh, so I'm cooking all these eggs. Uh, I got the bacon out, throwing that out there, toasting some buns over in the toaster, and uh, the smell is just getting to me, you know? And it's my first day fasting ever in my life, and I'm like, this is interesting that this is, you know, it's, it's 6.30 in the morning, and I don't think that I can do this. And so I grabbed myself an egg, a piece of bacon, and a bun, and I snuck to the back of the store where we washed the dishes, and I had the best meal of my life. I, um, cause you know, like after fasting, you're really hungry, aren't you? You know? And after fasting from 5 a.m. to 6.30 that morning, I was very hungry, so I broke my fast with a bacon and egg McMuffin uh, made by yours truly, and uh, here's the problem with my first attempt at fasting, though. Um, I, I didn't make it past 6.30 a.m. And uh, on day one, I didn't get past 6.30. And while I was trying to become the most amazing spiritual man I could, I freaking stole a bacon and egg McMuffin from my boss. <laughs> I stole breakfast. I'd never stolen breakfast before. The first time I ever stole breakfast was when I was fasting for an hour and a half. And I just felt like the biggest loser on planet Earth. Anyone else? Anyone else ever tried to fast and then just you failed and you're like, I am the biggest loser and I didn't even win the TV show. Anyone else, right? Like I just felt like a total moron. I'm called to ministry. I'm supposed to be some great man of God now, but I've gone from boy of God to thieving little baby of God. You know, I can't get from 5 a.m. to 6.30 without turning into a good-for-nothing thief now. And what's worse, I didn't even like McDonald's food. 
It's just when you're fasting, it's like knowing you're not going to eat for any period of time makes you immediately hungry. If you eat a meal right after church, right, right after church, and then decide I'm fasting for the next month, you're going to be starving within 30 minutes. There's something that goes on up there, right? Anyone else ever failed at fasting? Right, can't get through one day, can't get through one meal, can't even modify a meal, can't even do the Daniel fast, which isn't even a fast, by the way. We'll get to that later on. But the problem is, I did no preparation. I didn't study fasting, had no idea um, that it was about being close to God rather than me being everybody's hero. That's what I thought it was, you know. It's going to be about me being the man, you know. Um, I ignored my doctor's advice when I had a serious medical issue. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we need to listen to doctors with blind obedience. I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm old enough. I'm so old that I actually lived through covid and we learned that we don't necessarily have to trust everything the doctor says because sometimes they're just retweeting what their political party tells you to tweet, you know what I mean? And uh, so I'm old enough to know that. Uh, but if you've recently had heart surgery and your doctor says don't fast, you might want to listen to them, okay? So if you have a medical condition, you might want to get some advice beforehand, okay? Um, but I went right into the idea of a full 21-day fast like I'm junior Jesus, you know, like, I can't do 40 like Jesus and the other modern incarnation of him, John Newsom. Uh, Newsham, sorry, I'm not related to the Newsoms. I'm related to the Newshams, okay? But if I was related to the Newsoms, I could probably help them do some things different too. But anyway, um, but I'm like, I'm a junior Jesus. I'll do 21 days. Can I tell you, don't be like me. Don't be like me. Don't, 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 don't be like me. So today we're going to talk about fasting. We're going to show you some versions of fasting that we see in Scripture. Um, and then we're going to talk about why we're doing it. And uh, so, so versions of fasting, how to fast, why we're doing it, okay? So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to Judges chapter 20. Um, <clears throat> Judges chapter 20. I'm going to read from verse uh, 26 in just a moment. But the Israelites had been seeking God's guidance about fighting against the tribe of Benjamin, Okay. So there's some infighting going on between the tribes, right? And the Israelites are fighting against the tribe of Benjamin, okay? And God said to the Israelites, go up and fight them. So they did, and it didn't go their way. Ever had that? God said, do this, and then it didn't go your way. Anyone else, right? And then you're like, but what on earth? God, you said, and now it's not working out. It would be like God told Lauren and I apply for visas to move to America, and then lo and behold, after three months, we still don't have visas, okay? That doesn't mean that God didn't speak. It just means there's still something else to be done in us before God does what he said he'll do, amen? So they go, and they, 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 go, they fight. It doesn't go their way. They're confused. They go back to God. They're like, God, do we go fight against the Benjaminites or not? The Benjaminites, the tribe of Benjamin. Um, and God says, again, um, go, uh, go and fight them. Um, and so they do. They go and fight them again and again. It doesn't go their way. So two times. They've heard from God and God said, go. And so both times they went, but it didn't go the way that they thought it was going to go. And, um, and then so then they go back to God and this time they approach God a little differently. 
Um, they go again, just like they had, but this time they fasted. Verse 26 says, Then all the people of Israel, the whole army, went up and came to Bethel, and they wept. And they sat there before the Lord, and they fasted that day until evening, uh, and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And the people of Israel inquired of the Lord. Okay? So they fasted. So what had happened was the enemy had been consistently defeating them. And it's not just the tribe of Benjamin too. They'd had a lot of enemies around them. But the enemy had been consistently defeating them um, and, uh, and just going after them. And, and they're just getting a bit... It's a bit poor in spirit over this, you know, like we just, we're doing what we believe is right, you know, we're doing what we feel like you told us to do, but it's not going our way, you know, and I think we've all had moments like that in our lives, uh, I don't know if you have something that seems to be constantly defeating you, right? I don't know if it's an addiction. You're like, this thing just keeps beating me. I don't know, maybe it's a bad attitude that, 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 that you've always had to fight against. And you're like, all right, I know this attitude is wrong. I know the way that I'm approaching this is wrong. I know this bitterness is wrong. I know the way I respond to my wife is wrong or the way I respond to my husband is wrong or the way I respond to my kids. I know that this is wrong, but I keep rolling back into old habits. I, I always say I'm not going to be like my dad. I always said I'm not going to be like my mom, but I keep rolling back into those grooves in my life. And I don't know about you, if you have anything in your life that you feel like it just constantly defeats you. Maybe it's something from your past. Maybe it's your finances. I don't know what it is, but I think we can all relate that either now or at some point in our past, there's been something in our life that just seems to easily defeat us, anybody else, right? And so when that happened, this is when they're like, we're going to go back differently this time. And so they fasted before the Lord. And in this scenario, they did a sun up to sundown fast, okay? See, and some of you, you're like, this is the greatest news. Right now, I'm going to share with some of you the greatest fasting news you've ever heard in your life. You're like, are you serious? <clears throat> I can just eat before the sun comes up? fast during the day and eat when the sun goes down, giddy up, I'm a fast for 21 days, just like that. You know, like, uh, this is good news for many of you. In fact, this is the way, when, the, when you think about ancient Israel and, and fasting, this is how they fasted. If you found a scroll somewhere and it said that ancient Israel fasted for 21 days, now, again, I'm just, if, um, this is a hypothetical scenario, we find a scroll that mentions a season of fasting for 21 days, this more than likely is how they would have done it. From sunup to sundown. They'd be like, it's bacon and eggs. It's going to be that kosher bacon, but it's bacon and eggs. Be, for them, not for us, eat that bacon, giddy up. Come on now, right? But they, them, it would have been like turkey bacon or something, you know what I mean? They'd have had their bacon and egg, they'd have had their McDonald's before sun up. The moment that sun gets over the horizon, they're like, and we're done. Oh man, I had two bites of bacon left. Throw it away. And then they would get rid of it and fast all day. And then they'd be sitting there with their Wagyu juicy steak, just going like this. It's, it's cooked, it's on the plate and they're just looking at the sun. <laughs> <laughs> they're straight in that mouth. 
That's how they did fasting back then. Might not have been quite as passionate as that, but that was a sun-up to sundown fast. And uh, that's one option for many of you if you want to do that for the whole 21 days. What we're encouraging is a one-meal fast per day, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, um, but if you want, you can do that too. Uh, I would encourage you that uh, there are seasons in your life. If you've got a big decision to make, um, like sometimes we talk about things like this is one of the biggest decisions I'm ever going to have to make in my life. Well, fast. Fast. You're going to make the biggest decision of your life? I'd fast if I was you. You can do it any of these ways, but sun up to sundown for a number of days or for one day. That works just fine as well. So I want to encourage you to, in your life, put the sun up to sundown fast in your arsenal, okay? Another way to fast is the one-day fast, okay? In 1 Samuel, um, we see Samuel doing a one-day fast. It says in verse 7, So they gathered at uh, Mizpah and drew water and poured it out before the Lord and fasted on that day and said, There, and said, There, we have sinned against the Lord. And, um, and so he fasted on just that day. It, it, it wasn't sun up to sundown. Uh, it, 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 um, it wasn't just a meal. It wasn't 21 days. It wasn't 40 days. It wasn't three days. They just fasted for one day. They woke up, didn't eat anything, went to bed, ate the next day. That's a one-day fast, okay? Um, and so the, the story is they're actually being repeatedly attacked, um, mostly because of their own sin, okay? So they're being repeatedly attacked, mostly because of their own sin. And I find so many of us are like that in our lives, you know, like, the enemy's really coming at me. And, you know, it's like, well, you know, like, sometimes it's just the enemy coming at you, and sometimes it's, there's a big, giant hole right over there, it's full of sin and garbage, and we just keep taking running jumps, you know, we're like running jumps, hey guys, someone score this backflip I'm going to do as I run and jump into that pit of sin and despair. That's pretty much what these guys were going through. They're being repeatedly attacked and beat up because of their own sins, and uh, we can get more into that another day. Um, but the enemy, then what they does, Samuel spends one day fasting in repentance. Um, we'll talk a bit about repentance again in a minute. But sometimes fasting is a great way to repent, okay? And we'll talk a bit more about that in a minute. Um, but Samuel spent a day fasting in repentance. And the enemy didn't come back into their land all the days of Samuel because of Samuel's one day of fasting. Isn't that awesome? Can I tell you, there is power in fasting. It's not just some, some old school idea. Uh, it really is a way to take your physical nature and, 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 and combine it with your spiritual nature and do something incredible in the supernatural. And uh, we see all throughout Scripture, there's even a story of demons and uh, that, that the disciples couldn't cast out. And Jesus says, this kind can only come out with prayer and fasting, okay? And um, he's obviously not saying that the demon-possessed guy needs to fast. He's actually saying that we could fast and pray for that person to be delivered from the demons in their lives, okay? There is something very, very, very supernatural about fasting. As, as we deny the flesh, and, and it is a little bit like I, I said earlier, it's a little bit like there is, there is bread that the world knows not of for my soul, amen? 
And so, so anyway, one day of fasting, the enemy didn't come back into their land all the days of Samuel. Then there's a three-day fast, okay? Most of us know the story of Esther, okay? Um, Esther, her uncle Mordecai. Um, the, basically, what was happening was that um, the, all the Jews in the land were going to be killed. Uh, there was a guy setting things up. It was pretty crazy. And... Um, uh, just to sort of like breeze past it a little bit quicker, um, then Esther is given the opportunity to become queen. Again, I'm fast-forwarding super fast, but Esther becomes queen. And then um, she has in her heart that she needs to uh, intervene on behalf of all the Jewish people who are about to be killed because of the scheming of another guy, Haman, um, and so Esther says, I've got to go and approach the king, but if I go and approach the king, that's illegal, and he can kill me unless I find favor. In fact, law demands that he kills me unless I find favor uh, with him. So there's no opportunity. I either have favor or I die. It's not get out of here. There's, there's no middle ground in this story. And so what Esther does is she summons everybody to fast and pray, and this, so, so in verse 16 of chapter 4, it says, she says, go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf. Do not eat or drink anything for three days. Um, do not eat or drink for three days, uh, night or day. And that's to clarify that it's not the traditional, um, the traditional sunup to sundown fast. Because if she didn't say that, it would be a sunup to sundown fast. That's what the Jews were used to. So she says, do this, don't eat anything, don't drink anything. They did drink water, by the way, um, for three days, night or day. I and my young women will go and fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, even though it's against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Mordecai then went away and did everything as Esther ordered him. Um, I love that. If I perish, I perish. It's kind of like Paul. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain, all right? I'm going to live my life God's way. I'm going to do the right thing, even if my life is at risk, amen? And so, so she does that. Everybody's fasting. She's fasting. Then she goes and she approaches the king, and she finds favor in his eyes, and all the Jews are saved, and, and history itself is completely different now because of that moment. If the Jews and Esther didn't fast and pray, they wouldn't even be in Israel right now. <clears throat> this war going on, it wouldn't even exist right now if that didn't happen, okay? And so, so everything changed. It changed the course of an entire nation, changed the entire story because they spent some time fasting and praying. And you might be like, well, that's in the Bible. Hey, fasting is just as powerful now in your life as it was in her life, Okay. Fasting is just as powerful in your life as it was in Samuel's life. Fasting is just as powerful in your life now as it was when all the Israelites fasted and didn't know what to do with the tribe of Benjamin. Fasting is still powerful, okay? So one more type of fasting before we move on, okay? Um, and again, this is a really teachy sermon today. Um, and it's, um, it's just because we're going to do something really important as a church. 
We're about to enter into 21 days of prayer and fasting. And it's a really important moment for the life of our church, okay? And I don't want to just be like, hey, everybody go and fast without recognizing that, A, I've never taught on fasting before. And so a lot of people who got saved in this church don't have a clue what it is or how it is. And on top of that, that a lot of people who grew up in the church still don't properly understand what fasting is. They think that they, they use the, look, if you use the term Daniel fast, you don't know what fasting is. That, that's just to throw that out there for you. Yes, it is nowhere in scripture does scripture call what Daniel did fasting. We made that up. We just called it fasting, okay? It's not fasting. Um, it's not a bad thing to do every now and again, but scripture doesn't call that fasting absolutely anywhere at all when talking about it or in the moment of it. There is, however, fasting in the book of Daniel, okay? So while the Daniel fast, where people say, I'm only going to eat, um, I'm only going to drink water and eat vegetables for 21 days, that's not fasting, but there is fasting in the book of Daniel. It's in chapter 6. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. Okay, why? Because Daniel, his friend, is in the lion's den. Okay? Daniel, his friend, is in the lion's den because of a law that he got tricked into signing. Daniel broke that law. Daniel spent time praying. When Daniel was praying, um, he was caught by the people that tried to set him up. So then the law demanded that he be thrown into a pit in the ground full of lions, okay? And so then the king, who loved Daniel, was really brokenhearted by this, and he thought, you know what? I believe, because he's already seen that Daniel's God's amazing, okay? He's seen that, he's experienced that. He's already seen it, he knows that. So he says, well, if anyone can save Daniel now, it's gonna be Daniel's God. So the king went to his palace in verse 18 and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him. Look at that. He spent the night fasting and said, I don't want any distractions. I want nothing, nobody's to knock on my door. Nobody's to come in here. I am spending the night fasting, okay? And it said, and sleep fled from him. In other words, he didn't even get to sleep through the night fasting. Some of you are like, I can fast overnight. Yeah, if you're asleep. But if you're awake, what do we do? We're like, you know what? I think I'm gonna go to Hy-Vee, get some flank steak, gonna marinate that, gonna put it in the sous vide, gonna put it in the smoke, gonna put it back in the sous vide, gonna see that while I'm praying. That's what we do, right? Sleeping would get to the other end of it. Oh, good. He stayed awake all night. He fasted and he prayed. Verse 19, then at the break of day, the king arose and went in haste to the den of lions. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared himself to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel. (laughs) Isn't that an awesome story? There is fasting in the book of Daniel. The king fasted because of the anguish in his heart, and he wanted to see God do a miracle and save Daniel's life. And because he fasted, I'm telling you right, Scripture points this out. So I do not believe that it's just because Daniel prayed. I believe it's because Daniel prayed and the king fasted that Daniel is alive at the end of that night. What he did there, by the way, was he skipped one meal. He skipped the evening meal. It was a one meal fast and then he just didn't eat 
all night while he was awake. It was a one-meal fast, okay? Um, so the Daniel fast, let's talk about that for a moment. Is it okay to say, I'm not going to eat meat and I'm only going to drink water? Sure. Go for it. I can tell you this, I'm probably not going to spend a single day of my life not eating meat. But go for it. Do what you want. The story of Daniel there, that's a descriptive story, not a prescriptive story. <clears throat> what that means is it's describing what happened, not telling us to do it. Okay? Same with uh, an example of that would be when uh, all the disciples uh, sold, not all the disciples, all the followers of Jesus uh, sold all that they had and shared it with one another. That was a descriptive moment, describing what happened, not prescriptive, not telling us to sell everything that we have and give it all away. Does that make sense? Because Scripture also tells us to, uh, scripture also tells us, um, to, to provide for others, absolutely, but it also tells us to be wise with our finances, to tithe on our income, it tells us to pay off our debts, it tells us to leave an inheritance for our children, both spiritually and financially. And so, so we know that some stories are descriptive, not prescriptive. This story here is very much descriptive. It's telling us what Daniel did, and it was because God had spoken to Daniel about this, but more importantly, it's because Daniel didn't want to be defiled by the food that had been offered to, um, to idols. And so he said, well, look, I, I don't have those. No one's out there offering their vegetables to their idols, so they'll be safe. I'll eat those, but I don't want to eat meat that's been offered to idols. So Daniel says, I don't want that. There's really, really great uh, teaching that we can do in there one day when we want to, uh, when we want to talk about how, how that can apply to our lives, but it's not fasting, okay? There's no such thing as a Daniel fast, Okay. There is maybe a Daniel plan or a Daniel diet and do what you want. Me, however, I'm going to eat everything, any, every, any day that I'm eating and not fasting, I'll be eating meat. Amen. You can't amen that louder if you want, by the way, you know. And so uh, I'm going to eat meat, so much meat every day of my life. And so I sound like I've got an addiction, don't I? Yeah, a little bit. Um, so again... If you want to do that, that's fine. Um, but when you're called to fast, fast, okay? Another thing that people do is they will, um, they'll be like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast technology. Have you any, ever heard that before? Like, so some people might look at a church doing 21 days of prayer and fasting and say, we're going to fast from technology. Can I tell you, you can abstain from technology, you can't fast from technology, okay? Now, you can abstain from technology, and that's fine, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, uh, our kids, their phones are removed at a certain time every afternoon. They go on a bench, and they'll touch them anymore. Um, the kids only get to play video games on Saturday and Sunday. Um, Lauren and I do a pretty good job at turning our phones off at certain times. And, you know, you could be like, man, if we can't get hold of Jesse or Lauren, somebody's going to shoot me. Uh, you shouldn't call us because there are certain times our phones will just be gone, right? We abstain from technology for certain times of the day and certain times of the week, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I think a lot of people have started to treat fasting like this American idea that you all have with Lent, where you're like, what are you giving up for Lent? And some people think that fasting is just abstaining from something. Fasting is just is, is one thing. Fasting is abstaining from food. From food, okay? It's abstaining from food or, 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 or calories, I should say. It's abstaining from calories, okay? So you can drink water, that's fine. Um, but fasting is, is abstaining from calories, okay? Uh, you can do it sun up to sundown. You can eat those bacon and eggs, and then at night eat that wagyu, 
which would be nice if anyone does actually have a freezer full of Wagyu. Um, <laughs> bless the pasta. And so <laughs> you can do a one-day fast where you say, all right, I'm uh, on, the, on the date of the 20th or whatever date it is, I'm not going to eat. So from 12.01 a.m. to you know, the next morning when I wake up, right? And so you can do a 24-hour fast. That's a one-day fast. Um, you can do a three-day fast. Um, uh, you can do a one-meal fast, okay? A one-meal fast is what we are actually asking everyone to do for 21 days, just the one-meal fast uh, that we saw in Scripture. We see it a couple of times throughout Scripture, just a one-meal fast, and that is saying something like this. Hey, everybody, would you set, set aside a certain meal every day for the next 21 days, not eat it, go pray instead? Okay? Now, advice, let's not cheat, because if you want to do something, do it, Right? So let's say if you're like, well, I'm going to abstain from lunch for the next 21 days, okay? Well, don't then be like, well, what time's lunch? 12 to 1. All right. So I'm going to eat like some crackers at 11.30, and then I'm going to have more crackers at like 1.30. That's not, that's not really the spirit of it. Do you know what I mean? And so what I would do is if you're going to do a one-meal fast, after the meal before it, stop eating until the next meal, okay? That's the fast. So it might be, all right, breakfast. I'm not having snacks after breakfast because I'm skipping lunch. So what's going to happen is I'm going to have breakfast at 6 a.m. or 11 a.m., <laughs> 6 a.m., or whatever time it is you have breakfast, and then don't eat a single thing until dinner, yeah. all right? Now, the reason, what we're asking people to do is pick a day. So I know someone who wants to do breakfasts, no breakfast the first week, no lunch the second week, and no dinner the third week. That's cool too, but have a plan. Talk about it with your family, okay? Um, don't make your kids fast, by the way. Yeah. Okay? Fasting's a little bit like baptism. Should be a thing you choose to do. Yeah. Okay? Kids, you're all a fasting now. No, no, let's not do that, all right? Um, and so, so anyway, so we're encouraging people to do that. So fasting is, I've got up on a screen, okay? Fasting is skipping food at least one whole meal, Okay? Spending that time more aware of God's presence, okay? And so that's kind of like we, we preached on God's presence a little while ago. So, so during the time, that season when you're fasting, just be more mindful of God, yeah? Just like we said, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, you know? Speaking in tongues, whatever it is that helps you be more mindful of God and, and His presence in your life, okay? Um, and spending time in prayer when you would usually be eating. So you don't have to spend from, you know, 9 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. praying. But what time do you normally eat lunch? If, you've, if you're deciding to fast lunch, what time do you normally eat lunch? So I would encourage you to take that one hour, or if you're at work and you only get a 30-minute lunch break, I would take that 20 minutes and, and just spend 20 minutes praying, praying to God, okay? And we're going to give you, every single day, you're going to get an email, um, and, so, and we'll help you sign up for that in a minute. But we're going to send an email every single day with the thing that we're going to ask you to pray for that day. That's just the thing in general that we want you to pray for as a church. But then we also want you praying for yourself and your family or whatever breakthrough it is that you want in your life. And we'll talk about that in a minute, okay? So why fast? We fast for a number of reasons. We fast for breakthrough. 
victory, provision in our lives. We, we need a breakthrough in this area of our lives. We're trying to have victory over, over a, 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 a sin in our lives. We're, we're trying to, you know, we're asking God for provision in an area of our lives. So go fast, okay? Go fast for that. Um, next one, um, often we can fast and we see in scripture, I showed you an example of repentance of fasting for repentance. We're just saying, man, do you know what? This has been going on in my life for too long. I've been struggling with this for too long. I need to do something drastic to change this in my life. So I'm gonna fast and repent. And, and the reason I'm doing this is I'm sick of it only being sorry. I want it to be sorry and I'm gonna change now. You hear what I'm saying? And so we're fasting for repentance, okay? Um, and so, so we can do that as well. That's one way to fast, one reason to fast. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Another reason to fast is seeking wisdom from the Lord, okay? God, and that's a big element of what we're doing right now as a church too. Uh, we're hoping that most days you'll think of the church and just God, give them wisdom. God, God, speak to them. God, God, lead our church. And we've got a lot of big things going up as we're selling this building, as we're buying a building that's about five times bigger. You know, we're working on that. God, help us make the right deal. Help it go well. Give us favor, all of that sort of stuff. God, we need your wisdom. And lastly, and, and, and perhaps most importantly, when we fast, we're drawing near to God. Okay, so we're drawing near to God. So as we do our 21 days of prayer and fasting, I want to encourage you, um, uh, unless you had been planning and know how to fast and have studied it way deeper than what I've talked about today, don't do 21 days of total fasting. Unless God has spoken and you've studied it more and you've had a plan already, okay? But we're not asking anybody to do that. Um, if you want, you can do, you know, sun up to sundown for 21 days. Um, that's fine. Uh, but what we're asking people to do is take one meal every day for 21 days and give that time to the Lord. And we're going to see a spiritual breakthrough in your life, your family, your church, your state, your country. Amen. Fast that one meal and pray. I encourage you to pray for yourself also in this time, yeah? Breakthrough, victory, provision, wisdom. If you could ask God, just going to bring it all the way down to you. Not the church. Not politics. Not Iowa. Not the USA, but just you. If you could ask God for one thing to change in your life, one thing changing in your life could be an attitude, could be an addiction, could be bitterness, could be your health, could be a job, could be provision, could be an opportunity. If you could ask God for one thing, what would it be? I want to encourage you that when you pray and fast for these 21 days, pray for that as well. Maybe even first, pray for that. Day one, we're actually going to have you pray for that for the whole time. And one other thing too. Maybe, um, maybe you'll have the greatest breakthrough of your life. You're sitting here and you're like, what's one thing, one thing that I wish God would do in my life? Ask Him every day for the next 21 days.
as you pray and fast. I believe this will be one of the best spiritual breakthroughs of your life if you join us on this. I know it's gonna be, if, 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 even only, if even half of the adults in our church did this, it would be the best setup for a year that our church could ever have. If just half the adults did it. So you're gonna get an email every day with the thing to pray for for that day, okay? I wanna show you real quick what those things are. Day one, we're asking God for strength and growth in your life. Day two, I won't go through all of them, just an idea of some of them for you. You'll get an email each individual day. Um, day two, oh, I think I've made a mistake here. Oh yeah, day one, praying for yourself, but we've also asked you to pray for the caucuses as well. Okay? And uh, just to pray for unity, pray for peace, and pray for godliness and righteousness, amen? When it comes to that, I'm really believing that as the overturning of Roe v. Wade was the beginning of national repentance, I'm really believing it's time for revival now, amen? Day three, or day two, uh, we want you to spend time praying for the salvation of your unsaved family members, okay? Day three, we're gonna start praying for Iowa. We're gonna pray that Iowa would be known as a state that honors the Lord. Day four, we're gonna pray for Governor Reynolds. She is our governor, and we are going to pray for those in authority over our lives. Pray for wisdom, pray that she'd have courage to do what's right, even when it's hard. We're gonna pray for her peace, pray for strength, for, for strength against the attacks that come from ungodly people. Day five, we're gonna pray for all the legislators in our state. Day six, we're gonna pray for other Iowa churches. We're gonna pray for God bless the good ones. We're gonna pray that, the, um, that, the, that the, the woke ones, the ones that have abandoned the truth of God and exchanged it for a lie, that they would humble themselves, turn back to God and that they would boldly declare the ways of the Lord. They would join us in boldly declaring the ways of the Lord. Um, day seven, we're gonna pray for a harvest of souls that would be saved as the truth is preached in our state. You can pray for other states too, but pray for our state, amen. Day eight, we're gonna spend time praying for God's favor and protection over our state as we seek to honor the Lord. Day eight, we, day nine, we're gonna start praying for Eternity Church for the next few days, the next five days. We're gonna pray for God's provision, continued increase in tithes and offerings. See, God's provision, right? Do you want your church to, to thrive? You want us to be able to hire more, do more, take more ground? Come on now, right? See more souls saved. Let's pray for provision. Uh, and then mention as well the bold building campaign, although we're gonna pray for that further down. Uh, day 10, pray that new people would come would continue to come and worship Jesus with us. Pray for the lost, day 11. Pray for the lost, day 12. Pray for our leadership, uh, uh, day 13. Pray for our staff, day 14. Pray for the board and eldership, day 15. We're gonna start praying for the bold building campaign, that God leads us to the right building at the right time that gives us favor with the sellers. Pray for favor with the city. Pray for every bold campaign contributor, that God would pour out His supernatural favor on them for their generosity and their faithfulness. And we're gonna ask God for another $4.5 million to be given in the next 18 months. Do you believe it, church? Amen. Then we're going to start praying for the United States. We're going to pray for the 2024 election year, that our next president would be a president that supports biblical values, that they would be anti-abortion, pro-traditional family values, that they would honor the Lord. We're going to pray for peace in our country, that no matter 
the outcome of this election, that Christians would know who their king is and they would find peace and find hope in that. And we're gonna pray on day 18 that Joe Biden would have a Saul on the road to Damascus type encounter with God that transforms his life or that God causes him to be removed from office. Day 19, we're gonna pray that the USA would again be known, like we talked about Iowa, that the USA would be known as a place that honors the Lord amongst all the nations, amen. Day 20, we're going to pray that states that have not yet started to limit abortion would do so. That when Roe v. Wade was overturned, the door to national repentance was open. States like Iowa and some others took the opportunity to begin to limit abortion. And we're going to, and we know that more work needs to be done. Amen. More work needs to be done. But we're going to pray that other states will start to do the same thing, that they would start to repent, to change course and make amends for the 60 years of evil in the sight of God. And as they do that, then they'd experience the favor of God. And then lastly, on day 21, after praying for repentance, day 21, we're praying for a national revival. Souls being saved in every city, families being reunited, healed and restored, and pray that this nation turns back to God and experiences a revival that would, that we would enter into an era of renewed strength, hope and freedom. Amen. Join us as we do. Join us as we do. All right, I'm going to start to wrap up now. So let me end where we started. Let me end where we started. Why fast? Here's the most important reason. John's disciples came and said to Jesus, John's disciples fast, the Pharisees fast. Why don't your followers fast? And Jesus said, when the bridegroom is here, we have no need to fast. But when the bridegroom is taken, then then we'll need to fast. Now the bridegroom was taken, the bridegroom, God's presence is here now, the Holy Spirit, the curtain was torn when Jesus died on the cross and God's presence has gone forth and the omniscient, sorry, the the, um, omnipresence of God is now here. His presence is everywhere. But sometimes it does feel like our senses have been dulled. You ever feel away from God? He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, but you ever feel away from God? Come on, give me a wave if you've ever, if you ever feel away from God, right? You ever feel like the bridegroom is gone? Just give me a wave, you know, like you do. You ever feel like that? You're like, I'm not feeling close to the Lord right now. When we fast, we sharpen our spiritual senses and we feel God at work in our lives. When I feel like the bridegroom is taken away, that is when I don't feel his presence, I don't feel close to him, I should fast. We don't wanna be go through the motion Christians, do we? No, we wanna be the Christians that say, hey, if I don't feel close to God, I need to do something because God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So there's something I need to do to fix this. Something I gotta do to fix this. And the most powerful thing that you can do when you don't feel close to God is fast and pray. Amen. Would you stand up with me, church? I wish I had like two hours to talk to you about fasting and praying. But know this, if just start tomorrow. Just start tomorrow. Having heard that, maybe watch this sermon again and start tomorrow. And we're gonna equip you, we're gonna help you, we're gonna send out emails this week too. Uh, and so there'll be instructions. There'll also be an email beforehand 
that you should read, that'll just be encouraging, give you a bit more. Okay, I wish we could preach for two hours and share it all with you, but I sense a lot of you wouldn't come back next week if I did preach for two hours right now. So You only get to do that once a year. So. It's a new year. I guess we haven't done it yet. But. Hands up if you can commit today to praying today and asking the Lord about fasting for these 21 days. I'm just saying now, can you commit to praying today about fasting for the next 21 days? Is that you? Give me a wave if you can do that. There you go. You're awesome. That's all I want. Pray today. Ask the Lord. I can tell you this, we're going to enter into the best year of our church's life if you do this. If just half of the adults do this, we're going to have the best year of our church's life just now. If just half of us do this. Because you're going to be stronger individually. Like if people are fasting like this, asking God for breakthrough, fasting, getting closer to God, your health's going to be better. Your finances are going to be better. Your marriages are going to be better. Your mental health is going to be better. So how could our church not be better? Not to mention all the other stuff we're praying for as well. So do that. I appreciate that. I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. But first, before we we're going to open the front for prayer, by the way. If you need prayer, come on down the front. Okay, if you need prayer. That's why fasting is so powerful because it focuses our prayer. Okay? Like, we don't just not eat. We not eat and pray. Amen. And today we're going to pray for you down here if you need prayer for anything. But before we do that, I just want to spend three minutes and just pray for those away from God. So I know that it's 8.30 in the morning or 10.30 in the morning, depending on where in the world you are. But I know that um, someone here needs to get right with God. If you're away from God, I want to encourage you to get right with God today. If you're... You know who you are. Maybe you've never had a friendship with God and someone dragged you to church today. Get right with God today. Maybe you've walked away from God. People debate all the time. Once saved, always saved. Can you lose your salvation? Well, regardless, I'd want to make sure. I'd want to be like this. I wouldn't want to live in fear all the time. But you know if in your heart you have been saying, I want to follow Jesus or not. If you haven't been wanting to follow Jesus, then give Him your life today and say yes to Him. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, please check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, be sure to go to myeternity.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at myeternitychurch. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.